What you are about to hear is a labor of love. Our love is for the music, and music is for the people. We at Rockstrikes10 and cnjradio.com have always recommended that any music we promote on our shows be legally purchased, downloaded, and or streamed. We feel this way not only for our network of shows, but for all music-based shows. By supporting the artist in this way, more music can be created and the industry as a whole can prosper. The music is owned by their respective labels or hopefully the artists themselves. This broadcast is owned by cnjradio.com. Our only mission is to promote the music we love and promote the legal purchase of it. Enjoy the show and turn it up. Welcome to Rock Welcome to Rock Strikes 10, the show guaranteed to always give you 10 songs, no more, no less. My name is Joey. I want to thank everybody for tuning into the show here today, especially if you're doing it at the central station of cnjradio.com. All right, we're into part two now of the top 70 albums of 1990. Overall, part four of the 90 from 90. Yes, I didn't make it too confusing, did I? Okay. So yeah, let's just get back into the countdown, man. I'm excited to get back into it. Coming in at number 60. Now, this is an album that I did put on the list for consideration. And I remember going into it, you know, probably with a little bit of cynicism. Thinking, oh, you know, it'll probably be okay. I probably won't enjoy it all that much. And I will say, by the way, just on the front end, uh, pretty much the albums that uh, are on the next two parts, including this one, they're all pretty even Steven on points, you know, so it's just a matter of just positioning them and getting them in the right position for me, for my personal taste. Uh, but yeah, I mean, so don't let the slightly low number entry on this fool you. This is actually a pretty decent hidden gem of an album from 1990. And I didn't give it a chance when it was out either. And most of you probably didn't either, just judging by how little it sold. But man, the first official solo album from Don Dokken. That's what comes in here at number 60. So the album is called Up From The Ashes. It came out on October 21st of 1990, co-produced by Don Dokken, Wynn Davis, and Tom Zutat, who's famously known for signing, you know, Motley Crue and Guns N' Roses and people like that. Yeah, just a, an album I was just expecting to, you know, pass the time with and just consider to say, okay, I listened to it and I'm not going to rank it. But, you know, this definitely deserves to be on the list of the top albums of 1990. It was pretty surprising. Uh, all the reviews from it are either lukewarm to bad, like all music gave it one and a half stars, you know, and it's just not very heralded. Like I said, it didn't sell very well, but if you're a Dokken fan, and that sounds generic to say just because it's the voice of Dokken, but I gotta say, if you're a Dokken fan, it's a pretty damn decent follow-up to Back for the Attack. It's not Back for the Attack good, so don't be expecting that, but I gotta say, it's the best thing that Don put his voice on in the 90s, that's for damn sure. And uh, it's got a cool, like, impressive band on here. John Norm plays guitar. Mickey D plays drums. It's just cool, man. So I, I'll tell you what, I'm not even going to play you the best song on the record. How about that? I'm so confident that this is a good album. I'm going to play the song they went with as a single, which, like I said, not the strongest song on here. A lot of the album is actually a little bit heavier, but this was kind of more of a uh, kind of, you know, hard pop, pop metal kind of vibe to it. So, But I still dig it, so uh, give it a chance here and check out this record if uh, you are so inclined. So kicking off part two of the top 70 albums of 1990, we're going to kick it off with Don Dokken and Mirror Mirror.
right there you go kicking off this part of the top 70 albums from 1990 coming in at number 60 that was don dockin with mirror mirror off of the album up from the ashes give it a chance i definitely recommend for sure all right moving on here coming in at number 59 and some of you out there may scream too low but like i said 60 through 40 they're all pretty even as far as points go and i'm not the biggest fan of this act i, I like them well enough but you know it's just kind of here and there uh, but this is definitely, you know, I think his initial solo albums are obviously his best albums. I'm definitely a bigger fan of the band he was previously in, that's for sure. But we're going to talk about Danzig right now. Yes, Danzig put out his second official solo studio album in the year 1990 on June 26, 1990, which is Baco's birthday, actually. And uh, yeah, this is a pretty cool record produced by Rick Rubin. I say that in air quotes because as we know how Rick Rubin is as a hands-on producer, not so much one. But Danzig 2, Lucifuge, uh, definitely has some of his stronger solo material on it. I I definitely like the first album better, and I think I might actually like the third album a little better too. So Danzig 2, it's definitely heralded. It's definitely a favorite. It's kind of at a time where he was really getting popular. So I think uh, just the buzz that he had, I think definitely helped the album out. But, you know, it's, it's not a bad record. It's got enough strong songs on there, that's for sure. So I'm going to play you my favorite song off of this record. So to represent the Danzig 2 Lucifuge record, I'm going to play you this one right here. And of course, yes, we all remember the video. This is Her Black Wings. <laughs>
All right, coming in at number 59 right there, that was Danzig from the Danzig 2 Lucifuge record with her black wings to represent that album. Good stuff right there. Moving on to number 58, and definitely one of the more heralded rap albums, or hip-hop, depending on where you come from, uh, of all time. This album came out on May 16th of 1990. I mentioned this act uh, on the second part of the Odds and Ends that we did here on part two of the 90 from 90. Talking about this was the guy that wrote most of the lyrics for N.W.A. Well, he uh, bailed and went solo in 1990. And uh, definitely proved positive that he was probably the overall strongest member of that band, if we're being honest here. Ice Cube. Ice Cube, formerly of N.W.A. He put out this amazingly brash record here in 1990 on May 16th of 1990, just to be precise. An album that was co-produced by The Bomb Squad and The Lynch Mob. Uh, the Bomb Squad, famously known for being the guys that, you know, put all the Public Enemy albums together. So you definitely hear that production value on Ice Cube's uh, solo album here. And man, those two things coming together, the best of the East Coast and the best of the West Coast, like, it really was a big deal and still is. So yeah, the album is called America's Most Wanted. Uh, America is spelled with three Ks, by the way, so you, you get the idea. Okay, uh, so yeah, let's just get into it right here. Of course, with the Bomb Squad backing you up and being in this frame of mind post-breakup, I mean, it's going to be heavy-ass record, and it was. So here you go to represent this album right here, and I got to paraphrase the title right here because, yeah, I don't really feel comfortable saying the actual, uh, you know, song title. So I'm just going to call it The One You Love to Hate. You'll figure it out. Alright, check it out. I heard payback's a motherfucking nigga. That's why I'm sick of getting treated like a goddamn stepchild. Fuck a punk cause I ain't him. You gotta deal with the nine double M. The dance coming at your all hate. Just think and niggas decide to retaliate and try to keep me from running up. I never tell you to get down, it's all about coming up. So what they do going back to AK. But shit wasn't registered any fucking way. So you better duck away, run and hide out. When I'm running real slow and the lights out, cause I'm about to fuck up the floor. Alright, 
little ice cube right there from America Cuz Most Wanted. Yes. All right. Eloquent and angry the way we like him. Okay. See, we knew him before he turned into the new Bill Cosby. All right. He's not, let's just say he's not the new Bill Cosby. I, I should, I should, <laughs> I should clarify that. Uh, that's a different kind of term at this point, but you know what I'm talking about. Family friendly movies and, you know, definitely it's just so weird. Like, you know, I feel like Ice-T will always be edgy no matter how many commercials he does, but Ice Cube is, he turned this very interesting corner, you know, about 20 years ago. Anyway. Moving on here, coming in at number 57, uh, is a band who, you know, I actually didn't really start paying attention to them uh, until their second album, uh, which came out actually the year after this. These guys were very prolific and definitely have a really decent catalog that I, I do recommend for sure. This is one of those cult bands that, you know, over the years, like the name never died out with like the real hardcore fans. I think that's really cool. Uh, so this is actually their rookie year here in 1990 as far as like their first full-length album came out in 1990. came out on April 17th to be exact. The album is called Last Decade, Dead Century. Yes, uh, an album co-produced by Jeff Workman and their leader Corey Clark. And yes, I am talking about Warrior Soul. Yeah, just a really cool abrasive band. And, uh, you know, it's one of those things. They're going to be more appreciated as time goes on. And they definitely are by me at this point. So, you know, I'm going to try to make amends here with uh, not giving them the time of day throughout my years. But, yeah, man, really cool freaking band and definitely deserves to be on this list. So, yeah, to represent their first full-length album, Last Decade, Dead Century, here's this song. I really, really like this song. This is We Cry Out.
We Cry Out by Warrior Soul right there from Last Decade, Dead Century. Cool stuff right there. That one goes out to my man Pete LaRussa from the I Am Vinyl podcast. What's up, Pete? Thank you for helping me out with that one right there. All right. It's time for number 56. And at the time, man, in 1990, this is one of the albums I was most looking forward to coming out. And even at that age, even at the ripe age of 11 years old, where everything is kind of magical, this album, I liked it okay, and I think I gave it more of a chance than maybe I should have. But, you know, it's still not bad in retrospect, but, you know, it was definitely a disappointment for me after their first two records, because, you know, this was my first concert. I'm a fan of this band. Uh, But on June 21st, 1990, Poison put out their third full-length record called Flesh and Blood, co-produced by the great Bruce Fairbairn and Mike Frazier. Two powerhouses right there as far as getting your record to sound good. That's for damn sure. Uh, But yeah, you know, Flesh and Blood, like I said, a little bit of a disappointment. There's definitely, it's probably a little too long. It's about an hour long. I don't know. Some of it's just overplayed, you know. Something to believe in, I never have to hear again. Yeah, great song and everything, but man, it's, uh, I don't know. It's just kind of a hit and miss record. And they definitely lost a lot of their, you know, trash garage edge i mean it was pretty much all gone at this point uh but you know like i said it's a fine record in retrospect anyway uh and there are some moments that i still really dig on there ride the wind is still a really cool song and i actually do like on skinny bob as dumb as it is it's it's fun dumb stuff uh but i'm gonna play you this one right here because this song in my opinion kind of gives decent credibility to cc deville who's my favorite member of poison that's for sure I love CC, And I would say, uh, along with a lot of other hardcore fans, this is the best solo CC ever pulled, ever. So this thing's a beast right here. And off of a ballad, no less, which didn't do very well. It was a follow-up single. I think it was like probably the last single they put on the record. If not, the title track was. I'm just not sure. But this song definitely should have done better, and it just didn't. I think just because Something to Believe In was so overplayed, I think, you know, Everybody was just kind of like sick of him at this point. But that's my theory on it. So here you go. Here's one of my favorite songs on Flesh and Blood. Like I said, CeCe's best solo ever. It really stands out. I wouldn't have even had to say anything. You would have figured it out. Uh, But here you go. From Flesh and Blood, this is Life Goes On.
Life Goes On right there by Poison. And like I said, the star of that show is Cece DeVille for sure. Uh, but yeah, you know, like I said, it's, it's a pretty good record. I like about three quarters of it pretty well still. I, people bash on Skinny Bop, but man, Poor Boy Blues is atrocious. It's really bad. <laughs> anyway, but yeah, I, I still love me some Poison. I'll, I'll go see him every time. All right, next band here, number 55 on the top 70 this one right here, we're definitely staying in the same vein and style and approach. An album that was released on September 11th of 1990. This was this band's sophomore album, and it's a better album for sure. I don't know if it's sold as well. I think it sold maybe just a little bit less than their debut album. But this is definitely a better album than their first one. And I'm talking about Warrant, the Cherry Pie record. Yeah, I mean, you know, this album probably shouldn't have been called Cherry Pie. Honestly, it probably shouldn't have been called Uncle Tom's Cabin either. It should have been called something else other than those two things. Those are bad album titles. I guess Cherry Pie is the better one overall. Uh, but yeah, like I said, this is a better album. It's got better songs on it. If you dig deep on this album, it actually has some really good gems on here. And this one right here. Can't believe this wasn't a single. I was looking over. I wasn't sure. I was like, maybe it was like the last single released on the album. It's like, no, Blind Faith was. So, you know, they put out Cherry Pie, I Saw Red, Uncle Tom's Cabin, and Blind Faith as singles. And uh, yeah, that's, that's kind of weird to me. Especially like, this one's so good. But I guess they just, you know, Janie wrote a lot of cool songs for this record. So, proof positive right here. This is a single that should have been. So to represent the Cherry Pie record, here you go. Here's Warrant with Bed of Roses.
All right, coming in at number 55 right there was the Cherry Pie record by Warrant. And to represent that album, I played Bed of Roses right there. Hope you enjoyed that. Give that record another spin if you haven't heard it in a while. You know, if you're a fan. Uh, and yeah, we're definitely on uh, definitely a stylistic run right here, like kind of the same things uh, in order here. And like these these uh, last three songs could have been like a, a bill, a touring bill for sure. And it might have been for all I know. It might have at least been a Rock Never Stops tour at some point. But yeah, this album that I'm about to talk about that comes in at number 54 came out right at the beginning of 1990. And I actually heard that they delayed its release in order to come out in 1990. So it could be perceived as a 90s band and not an 80s band. But people do like to refer to this band as an 80s band because it's definitely more along the lines of that style. But yeah, this band right here, Slaughter, came out with their first album in 1990, on January 23rd of 1990, if I didn't say that already. Uh, Their debut album, Stick It To Ya, co-produced by Dana Strum, the bassist, and Mark Slaughter, the singer and rhythm guitarist right there. Uh, Yeah, this is a cool record. And, you know, I I think this one and Cherry Pie, uh, they definitely did what Flesh and Blood should have done. You know, there's like two less songs on these albums than Flesh and Blood, and I think Poison should have gone that route. These are both like 45-minute records, and I definitely would have stuck to that as Poison. I'm just, you know, armchair quarterbacking the Poison record still. But yeah, stick it to you. Pretty quality record. There's a handful of singles on here. You know, you've heard them so many times, but, you know, and I hate to use that cliche, but for what it is, this is actually a really quality record. It's definitely kind of like a clinic in uh, melodic hard rock, you know, pop metal, you know, what, what have you. Uh, but there's some songs in here I really like a lot, and I still have a lot of fun when I hear them. You know, if I hear them on Hair Nation, I don't turn it off, things like that. I still like Up All Night. I never need to hear Fly to the Angels again. Uh, but yeah, you know, I was talking about how, you know, just right here on the Cherry Pie record, we just talked about how... I can't believe this wasn't a single. Well, the song I'm going to play for you to represent Stick It To You, can't believe it wasn't a single. Would have been huge, I think. You know, I actually would have gone with, I don't know. I mean, like the rest of the singles, Spin My Life and Mad About You, those are all really good songs too. So yeah, that was probably a tough choice as far as picking singles on here goes. Uh, But yeah, I might have gone with this one. I don't know. They should have just had five singles and this should have been the last single. So here you go. Let's get to it right here. This is Desperately.
Slaughter with Desperately from the Stick It To You record, their debut album, which came out in 1990. Coming in at number 54 right there on the top 70 albums of 1990. And now we're moving over to something completely different for number 53. We have transitioned out of pop metal and into one of the punk rock godfathers right here, Iggy Pop. He put out a record called Brick by Brick in the summer of 1990. This album was actually produced by Don Was who uh, from the band was not was, by the way, and also more famously known nowadays as like basically the Rolling Stones producer. But, you know, honestly, this was really the first time in the first year I really started to pay attention to Iggy. I really, really liked that song Candy. Love it, actually. I should say love it. And I still love that song. I even bought the cassette single for it. Yes, I bought the single for Candy. And it's one of those things where... It, it had that whole, you know, lovelorn thing, you know, the wistful thing. And, you know, like I said, I'm in my first year of paying attention to girls. So, like, this was one of those kind of wistful songs that I, I really liked a lot. But I think it's a great song, the duet he did with Kate Pearson. Kate Pearson was everywhere in 1990, wasn't she? Man, okay. But, yeah, Brick by Brick, it's, it's pretty good. It's uh, definitely not Iggy's strongest record. Uh, but, you know, it's an important record to me. So I definitely needed to put it here on the countdown. And there's enough strong songs on here for it to, you know, be justifiable. That's for sure. And including this one right here. This was the kickoff single for the record. And features Slash and Duff from Guns N' Roses right here. Which had to be huge for them. Yeah, here you go. To represent the Brick by Brick album. This is Iggy Pop and some of the boys in GNR with the song Home. <laughs> So high, man, so don't trip me up Shaking a leg like the tail of the pup I'm paying dues till I register thief Sure hope I don't end up on the street Home, boy, home, boy Everybody needs a home Home, boy, home, boy Everybody needs a home So many people rise and fall Who's looking after you at all? Nobody knows anybody at all Strangers in paradise down at the mall Home boy, home boy Everybody needs a home Home boy, home boy Everybody needs a home
little Iggy right there with home. Good stuff right there. And like I said, brick by brick, pretty good. It's, it's around three quarters good, give or take a little bit. Uh, but yeah, there you go. I hope you liked that one. Always good to turn up Iggy as loud as possible. He's the man. We love Iggy. All right. This next one right here, this kind of falls along the category of some of the things we were talking about on that first part of the top 70, where I was talking about bands that are perceived to be like 80s acts that are starting off the 90s and maybe kind of on their way out. But I got to say, this band sounded really strong still in 1990. Uh, they put out a record very comparable to all their other releases, uh, even more so than like, you know, Devo, which is why they ranked higher on this list. I, I kind of see them as like brother-sister acts because they're both kind of performance artist type bands. But they put out really good records, and I don't think that they get enough credit for that. Uh, but yeah, Oingo Boingo put out their seventh studio album on February 20th of 1990, and the album is called Dark at the End of the Tunnel. I don't know, I guess I wasn't expecting too much like some of these other albums going in, but it really surprised me. I, I really dug it quite a bit. So yeah, not much else to say. So let's just get to the track here. Here's one of my favorite songs off of this record. This one's called Skin.
Coming in at number 52 on our top 70 albums of 1990 list, that was Oingo Boingo with the record Dark at the End of the Tunnel. The song was called Skin. I failed to say that that album was co-produced by John Avila, Steve Bartek, and, of course, Danny Elfman, the leader of the band. And we all know Danny, of course, multiple film scores and whatnot. And we've now come to the end of this second part of the Top 70 Albums from 1990, part four overall in our 90 from 90 series. We come to album number 51. I have definitely already played some other rap entries here on this countdown. Rap does have a pretty strong representation on this list, and I think rightfully so. You know, kind of the new rock and roll, honestly. And where rap was going in the early 90s was definitely in a positive direction as far as like, you know, yeah, you could have positivity. There was also gangster rap. But there was a little bit of everything. There was so much variety in rap, which is why it was so exciting. I need to say that because it's like Chris Rock said. These are a lot of albums you could definitely defend as art. Uh, And at some point along the lines, it didn't really become that. It devolved. Uh, I'll have more to say about that later. But let's get to number 51 and our last entry for the day here. This one right here, you might be surprised by this entry. But yes, much like the Danzig record that preceded this one right here, also on the Def Jam label, uh, this album came out on September 14th, 1990, co-produced by Bobby Bobcat Irvin, Marley Marl, the legendary Marley Marl, and LL Cool J. Yes, talking about Mama Said Knock You Out. Oh yeah. You know, like this one, and this has probably got to be considered the best LL Cool J record. Now, you may not have even considered like what possibly could be the best LL Cool J record, but I think top to bottom, it's got to be this one. This one's really strong. And the other cool thing about it was like, it's one of those things like he's, he's still hungry, honestly, at this time. And, you know, he hasn't really gotten the success as an actor or anything like that, you know, so still there's a lot of edge here on Mama Said Knock You Out. I mean, hell, you can hear it in the title track. Uh, it was kind of his finishing off his, you know, feud with Cool Modi. They had a big beef going on there. Uh, but honestly, LL definitely had a beef with a good amount of, you know, just the rap industry in itself, you know, because, you know, he was a pretty boy. You know, he was really young, too, still at this point. And, you know, because of that, it's like, you know, you get the haters, you know, like, oh, he can't rap. He's just a pretty boy, you know. But this dude could rap, man. I mean, hell, this guy was basically discovered by uh, Ad-Rock of the Beastie Boys. Like, no, this kid can go. Yeah, he's got a good look, but he can definitely rhyme and he can definitely hold his own. And this album definitely proves it. So if you're into the the science, if you will, and, uh, you know, the art of hip-hop, the art of rap, then this is definitely an album you should not miss out on. It's not just a one-song record. It's a strong record top to bottom. And I'll play a deep track off of it. I really like this one a lot. It's definitely more of the, you know, like a angry edgy side of LL Cool J just to prove like, hey man, he doesn't have to prove it at this point, but he does still continue to prove it by throwing down this track right here. This one's to all the haters closing off part two of the top 70 albums of 1990. Check this one out. This is Eat Em Up L. Chill. Until the tune decay
Cause you forgot I was raw Chill I'ma get mines. I saw the cordless boy. I'm gonna house that. Your rhymes are cheesy. You found him in a mousetrap. Don't try to front while a freestyle's dropping. He wants the battle. He must be needle popping. You better notify your next of kin. Cause when I begin, it's like a needle to the skin. If you wasn't prepared, then you ought to be scared. But even if you was, you're aware of what the rhyme does. I remember when you was an amateur writing your rhymes, staring at my signature. Want the album analyze the style? Tis tisk. God bless your child. I'm unique when I speak to a beat. Another rapper a fall when the miss is complete. I daze in a maze, my displays are phase. Every phrase is amazed as Uncle L slays. The competition that's lost in the freestyle. Cause on the mic, I'm the golden child with the magical wand that they call in a mic. And when MCs approach, it turns into a spike. Chill. Def Jam, we in the house. Of course, I gotta say what's up to my homeboys, EPMD. Yeah, I get busy. Closing off part two of the top 70 records of 1990 and part four of the 90 from 90 series overall, that was LO Cool J representing Like Hell. The album Mama Said Knock You Out with Eat em Up L. Chill. Yeah, I love that track. It's so fucking cool. Uh, the whole album is so fucking cool. He was the man. Still is. Uh, you know, obviously his records aren't as good anymore. But, man, this album is a beast. Probably should have been higher on the list, honestly. But, hey, yeah, I was just kind of using the point system as a guide. You know, stuff like that. Okay. But anyway, like I said, hope you enjoyed this episode. We'll be back tomorrow for part three of the Top 70 Albums and part five of the 90 from 90 series. Join me, why don't you? Till then, stay tuned for the plugs featuring my better half, Nola, and of course, the best damn outro song in all of the podcasting business. Take it away, Nola. We would like to thank you for taking the time to listen to the show today. You can reach us on Facebook or Twitter. We love getting messages and always do our best to respond. Every time you share our show... Our new kittens, Ruby and Ripley, get a treat. We're on Twitter at RockStrikes10, and the direct email is RockStrikes10 at gmail.com. When you search for us, the number 10 is always spelled out. If you would like to support our show financially, we do have RockStrikes10 shirts for sale. For $20, we will ship you out a high-quality, soft-as-heck, next-level branded shirt and a button. Send us an email or direct message for more details or to order. Please help us spread the word about this show and all of our other quality shows by listening, liking, subscribing, and sharing. Our official website is cnjradio.com. You can visit this site for all episodes of Rock Strikes 10 going back all the way to episode number one. While you're on cnjradio.com, check out these other quality shows. The Wrestling House Show, a pro wrestling podcast unlike any other. The Synaptic Empire Audio Transmissions, hosted by Randy Brown, a true alternative. The Last Theater, starring Chris, where cinema's trash is treated like treasure. Talking Rock, with Joey and the great Mark Streakle of Talking Metal. And the I Am Vinyl Podcast, with Pete LaRusa and occasionally Joey. 
Last but not least, we would like to give an extra special thanks to the great Pete LaRussa and the band Spacebeard for the best outro song in the business. Go to facebook.com slash spacebeardband to purchase their music and make sure to tell them that Rock Strikes 10 sent you. We hope you tune into the next show. Until then, have fun.